kick it. Because I ain't one of the few people who have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're talking Hulu's big plan to offend us. <laughs> You'll get this later, or you already know. And we have watched Lego Movie Part 2, Elite Battle Angel, The Umbrella Academy, Doom Patrol, and more. Yes, this week. we uh, consumed I never, it all. I never would have thought February would be such a big month for media just a couple years ago, but now it's like the the field is wide open. I'm still waiting for January to catch up. That still kind of seems to be the biggest lagging month, and I would say well, maybe October too. Well, I'd say like January has had a bunch of uh, high quality, low budget horror films the past few years. Mm-hmm. And October is starting to get those movies that where we don't think they're going to do very well and end up making a lot of money. Like, yeah, like it had Venom, but like I think they're like they're still they were they're below the other ones. But yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. It makes us really busy, that's for sure. <laughs> Does it ever? I am. <laughs> I mean, our first two topics here. I mean, we're we're going to talk about some reviews that we've got coming up. But I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I I I I've been not um, very busy. Still rewiring my house. I got the basement floor done. I got the first floor worked on this weekend and almost done. And let me tell you, I um, I had a big win on this this weekend, Mike, because I had to cut a hole in my stairwell to get to the back side of the plate in my living room. Okay. And I was going to have to drill through the floors to run this cord straight down into where the hub and the switch sits. Mm-hmm. There was already a hole drilled there. And all there was was this very thin little copper wire that was stiff and brittle as, as, as can be. And I have <laughs> no idea what it ran to. Oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't plugged into anything either, so I don't know what they were running in this house when I did it. But I, but I got so lucky cutting the hole right above this little little hole that runs down. So we were able to do it in like maybe I don't know an hour, and I had to um, be be a little craftsman. I had to take this little hook that was on the chain, duct tape it to a stick, and reach it up to pull all this down but i mean by god it was done it's done and i'm on a, i'm on a hardwired connection mike i'm living the dream <laughs> the things uh nerds do to just get that pure unadulterated uh, bandwidth right to again their eyes. like i said no packets have been dropped in this house <laughs> but it took me about eight hours um and i was telling you before the show i I've, i've ran up and down my stairs been over got like down on my knees so many times this weekend i i feel very fit right now <laughs> um but i was a little broken green cord and i i'm punching myself for not figuring that out last night instead <laughs> that, of day. It's like, that reminds me, it's like a real world equivalent to like uh, programming something. It's like, you <laughs> just forgot a semicolon or like a comma or like you accidentally capitalized a variable instead uh, of lowercasing. <laughs> it's like just that one thing that like a validator would never catch, you know? Yeah, I feel like uh, Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation when it's just the light switch in the garage that needs flicked on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what I felt like. So uh, <laughs> that was that was, a, that was my weekend and, and Oh, I also went to they have, have a new Dave and Buster's in town, Mike, and I went. Hey, nice. And it's the problem is it's like two weeks old and it's packed. And Oh, yep. We got to play. They have a new cruise. You remember the cruising games, like Cruising USA and Cruising World? Yeah, yeah, of course. They have a new one. It's four player. You can Ooh, you can do up to four fancy. player. And I love the thing in these games where you double tap the gas pedal and you pop a wheelie. <laughs> and then you hit somebody else, and you go flipping. It's really fun. So I've got. <laughs> You're a, basically it's a Fast and the Furious simulator. Well, they, they yeah they have bunches of those games too. But I think my <laughs> favorite by far. Do you ever remember the the arcade game Hydro Thunder? Hydro is that is that a jet ski it's game? A, it's a boat racing game. You're you're in a, okay. Yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah, they have a they essentially the same boats, the same tracks, and a new thing called H2 Overdrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had that in there as well, so I'm very excited. But the thing is, this is all packed, so I've got to get it a couple months till <laughs> till it dies the cr- down. The crazy thing about speedboat racing is, I've actually caught it, it like in real life, like on television before. And if those boats go too fast, they flip over, like because they're so flat on the bottom. If they go too fast and they're not engineered right, they'll just like fly up like a paper airplane and crash, and the person will die inside of it. So it's very dangerous. So well, hopefully the game was just as thrilling as that. If I learned anything from these games, you got to pull back in reverse and push the boost button to jump. That's what they're missing out <laughs> on this. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, they just forgot to put that boost button in there. That's their yeah, problem. Yeah, they're not jumping in the proper places. But uh, <laughs> that's my week in a nutshell. Mike, you're very, I'm very excited. We have this in the notes here. You played a new game this weekend. i got to get your first-hand thoughts on this. Yeah, I uh, I uh, downloaded Beat Saber. We had some uh, we had some friends over at the apartment last night, and they had never experienced virtual reality at all. So I was like, "Oh, this is going to be really fun." And one of the friends that we had over used to be actually very highly ranked in Guitar Hero, so he's very into rhythm based games. So I was like, "Well, this is going to be a treat for him." So not only was it fun, like you know, putting people in VR for the first time. That's almost like more fun than actually mm-hmm. playing VR is watching other people like go, whoa, this is crazy. Because you see uh, the, the belief turn on on their face when they put it on. Because they're like, oh, this isn't going to, this is a gimmick. And they're like, oh my God, I can look around yeah. everywhere. Everybody thinks VR is just like a 3D television until they get to try it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was really fun playing Beat Saber, uh, getting into it. Uh, I mean, s- surprise, not surprise, but the harder the difficulty goes up, you actually have to get into the music, mm-hmm. which I feel like felt like something that that never existed in Guitar Hero. Like, you know, in Guitar Hero, you would try to anticipate the beat to know kind of when to hit the buttons, but it just f- kind of felt more like finger memory when you're playing those rhythm games. Like with Beat Saber, like you have to really feel the music. You have to like... Because you have to know when those beats are coming to start slicing in time. And, man, it was just super fun. Um, I was going to ask you, because we just went directly to party mode, and I just briefly played a couple levels in the campaign. You unlock songs as you go through it, right? No. Um, you don't? Because so the party because the party playlist was, like, very small. It's like, there's only, like, 12 songs on here. Yeah, there's not a lot of songs. However, there are track packs coming because... Uh, I actually just had this conversation with Superfan Jim this week because Beat Saber does not license any music. Um, most people think it's music you would hear on the radio or like maybe mm-hmm. techno, but they don't. They have a guy who actually produces all this music from the ground. Uh, oh, for I had no idea. So um, I think that I think there are two songs on there right now that were bonus tracks that were not done by him. I think there's one called "A Superstar." I think is one of the top songs on there, maybe. Um, and then there was another one that was free or pop star or something like that. But um, there are three track packs coming out with more music, so there will be more music for this. Um, but I agree with you, the rhythm, because you actually have to reach to swipe things to the left and the mm-hmm. far right. I love it. I like dancing around while I'm doing it, Mike. That's like my favorite oh, yeah. thing to do. Like, I, I was getting... It. I was getting really into it, and it's weird because there's, like, almost two ways you can play the game. Like, you don't even have to, like, realize that there's lightsabers in front of you. Like, if you just move if you just move the motion of your hand, you can get the cubes. But if you focus just a little bit and you concentrate and, like, really immerse yourself in it, like, you actually can – you visually see these lightsabers, and it feels like you're more, like, chopping something. So it feels a little bit more Fruit Ninja-esque mm-hmm. and just less of, like, oh, move my arms when the beat tells me move like so sometimes it can feel like just dance but like if you concentrate it actually feels like you're a jedi which is sick and my favorite thing to do is when the track's over you hold the two you blades up and you get shh yeah and you hear that and you get that force feedback and it was really cool this is the first time i really dove into the motion controllers too uh-huh. because most of the vr experiences i've i've had have just been controller based so after we played some uh rounds of beat saber everybody tried it on uh, we did a couple rounds each. We loaded up some of the VR demo discs that I had, and um, Job Simulator was a blast. Yeah. Just the demo, and it only lasts like a couple minutes, but like, uh, like it was people were just having fun, just like picking up stacks of paper, chucking it across the office, and just like. It's just fun. Like a little computer dude comes up to my cubicle and just tells me to like drink a cup of coffee. And I'm just like, okay, well, I got to take the mug of coffee. got to put it in the coffee machine, hit the big button, let the coffee pour out. And I drink it. And it was just like really fun. I was like, this is stupid, but I'm having a great time. So, um, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. It's, I, I love VR. And and every time, like I said, I had a coworker come over, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, her and her boyfriend put it on. They bought a VR that night. Like after mm-hmm. like playing a couple rounds of Beat Saber, they loved it so much. Uh, the great thing about it is it it's only gonna get better because the things that I think we had the most complaints about, at least in a party situation, is uh, when your guests range in heights. Uh, there's lots of cal- there's sometimes there's calibration you have to do every time you swap the controllers and the headsets and then sometimes things just get wonky and it thinks your like right hand is like halfway mm-hmm. across your living room and you gotta like okay I gotta pull up the calibration settings and you know stuff like that and I gotta like get this figured out and then sometimes if somebody's never really played VR before, they'll put the headset on and they'll be like, okay, something's totally not right. And then you have to like diagnose it with them. Mm-hmm. They have to tell you what's wrong. They're like, okay, let me pull up the menu. So 
um, like once things become like wireless and like once there's like better tracking, like I bet the Vive is a lot better at tracking since you have those base stations. Well, I think I think the the my only complaint with the PlayStation you can only use one camera and it's the PlayStation Move camera. Mm-hmm. Um, all the PC ones have mo- the ways to connect multiple cameras for multiple sensing, so you mm-hmm. can turn like a whole room into like a, a VR space. Yeah, and, and even the the newer headsets have like IR blasters that come out of the headset that you're wearing. So it's like you some of them you won't even need cameras on it anymore. It's like your headset is using like a freaking lidar, like a self driving car, to figure out how far stuff is from you. So yeah, this stuff is only gonna get improved and better and better. And um, yeah, if you've never played VR before, going straight to PlayStation VR is great because it's just very entry level, and if you go PC right away, you'll just get like spoiled if, if you're lucky enough to have the money. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a big um, that's the biggest barrier to entry, I would say, to mm-hmm. to that. Um, but I love the weight of the motion controllers and how they look like lightsabers in your hands too. It feels real. <laughs> oh yeah and i have to say like i was less than a minute into playing my first beat saber song and i broke the lamp like <laughs> i i never thought i would be one of those like disaster uh things that the the wii motion controller showed you like i feel like a decade ago like what who's that idiot silhouette up there on my screen like breaking the lamp that, that was me luckily these motion controllers are like kind of squishy at the end yeah so i like i literally put like a little hole in the lamp and like everyone's like, oh my god, you broke the lamp, and I was like, we're well, gonna have to fix it. I'm only halfway through this song; I can't take the headset off. So that was pretty funny. And then someone else like kind of a uh, jabbed my thermostat a little bit, but it, that one was all right. So be careful out there, folks. But it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Also, fun fact for people playing VR: if you have green light on, uh, it helps the camera pick up the the controllers better because they never use oh. green on the, the controllers. Oh, all right. All right. Fun <laughs> fact. All right, Mike. Anything else you want to get into this? Uh, let's get into because it. We saw, we saw some movies, man. We did. So this is probably the most anticipation-filled parts here. We saw two movies this week. I guess mm-hmm. within a week, I guess. Uh, Lego Movie 2 was the first mm-hmm. one we got to see. And uh, Battle, or Alita Battle Angel. I keep putting this backwards in. Uh, because <laughs> there you go. Get it right. <laughs> Battle Angel Alita was the name of the anime slash manga or whatever came first. Mm. Uh, but So we have decided we're going to do a double review episode Combining these two, because they're kind of out of our wheelhouse a little bit, um, but we're going to record those tomorrow on President's Day instead of today, Yeah, we're recording later than usual today. Yeah, and also it gives you the whole holiday weekend, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a President's Day off. I know sometimes some offices or some workplaces or schools, like, flip-flop them. Like, sometimes you'll get Martin Luther King Day off, sometimes you won't, but you'll get President's Day off. So it's it's technically a holiday weekend, according to, like, some of the box office reports. They consider this President's Day weekend. So, yeah, make sure you're subscribed to the feed, and you'll get that uh, double-header review tomorrow. But right now, we're going to give you our spoiler-free reviews on these movies. So, Chris, you... Finally got around to seeing the Lego Movie 2. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, I think, I mean, to me, it's an okay movie, Mike, at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Uh, I, I'm i struggling currently to remember some of it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because I, I think it lacks that mystique and that, that innocence and that fun originality the first one has. So mm-hmm. by the time the second one comes around, what more can you do, really, mm-hmm. in, in this world? And... Um, while it never felt bad to me, it just kind of felt like, oh, here's going to come another heartwarming lesson about life and and friendship and something else along the way. So um, I just, I don't know. It just, I don't know if the stakes were less or, or what was, if that might have been the problem with this movie. I just don't love it as much as the first one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a serviceable sequel overall, I think. Um, yeah, the, the this movie definitely does what sequels do. They give you more of what you saw in the first movie, and they try to go bigger and, like, quicker and faster. You know, they add more, like, songs and uh, music into it without going into too much detail. But, yeah, I would agree. Like, the, you, with the first Lego movie, you have the advantage of doing everything first. What's it like to see a Lego animated? And also, I, I totally forgot, but the Lego movie, the first one, was the first time we ever really saw uh, Lord and Miller, like, really on the center stage, kind of understand what their comedy what their comedy is and how they like to tell stories. 
Uh, and then with the uh, luxury of the the Batman Lego movie, that was just a straight up good Batman movie. Mm-hmm. So you had that under your sleeve of all of the Batman IP that you got to harvest for that film. And who knows about Ninjago? I don't know a lot of people that saw that movie. And I think the box office would agree that a lot of people didn't see it. So yeah, so you come around to this the sequel and you get to revive, you know, your lovely characters of Emmett and everybody else and technically you get to throw Chris Pratt in there twice with another character. So it, it does feel like they're trying to give you more, but it doesn't quite feel like it measures up to the first one. I, I had a good time. I had some fun, uh, but I'm really looking forward to talking about it with you in the spoiler cast because mm-hmm. uh, at, sometimes this movie gets a little hard to track. They, they do, a, they go a little above and beyond with kind of how they're trying to Tell the story. story across yeah. to you. Yeah, and I, I, I'm really struggling to not give away uh, too much, but definitely make sure you're subscribed to the feed, and we're going to talk some uh, metaphysical uh, properties of it's what is get life wild. And, and what what is it to be alive. So that's that. I never thought they would go that deep into uh, what's it like to be a Lego, the, but, there, you know. There are two standout <laughs> parts of this movie, Mike. I will tell you I really liked um, – we, we saw in the, in the trailer the Queen whatever Wanabi – um, uh-huh. her shape-shifting animation was fantastic the whole movie. Like, I think that uh-huh. was the best animation in this movie by mm. itself. And the credit song, if you watch it, you should stay through the credits and listen to the oh, song yeah, that's word a, for word. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Lonely Island for sure. Yeah, they did. I think they did the song in the first one as well. Yeah. So. And the credits are just kind of like uniquely, uh, uniquely animated too. Uh, so you just kind of get to see some uh, Legos uh, move around at the very end too. So at the very end of the day, I think it's always fun watching Legos being animated. Like I think I would still have a good time watching Ninjago even though I haven't got around to it just because it, it's, it's fun and quirky seeing a Lego move around, you know, whether or not the story quite gets you or not. But uh, I think people weren't going to this film as much in droves as the previous Lego movie. Uh, I, I don't think the box office is quite matching up as the as the first film kind of like struck lightning. So, um, I, yeah, I we'll have to see I if... I didn't Ma- even see the first one in theaters. I caught it much, much later. Oh. So. Well, the, the, the next movie we're about to talk about, I saw with our friend of the show, Quentin Parker, and uh, he, he mentioned to me just off the cuff, he hasn't seen any Lego movies. So I, th- I kind of thought Lego was a little bit more into the zeitgeist, but maybe not so much as I thought it would well, would be. But I think even at work, I'm having a hard time convincing people the first Lego movie is good and not just for kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's it might be you know a, a, a stigmatism against it. Like, hey, I don't want to go watch a Lego movie. Like, oh, it's like watching Barbie's Dreamhouse classic or something like that. But... Um, yeah, so, yeah, Lego Movie 2. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. But the other movie we saw, probably on the other end of the spectrum, is mm-hmm. Battle Angel, Alita Battle Angel. Damn, I'll get it right a bit. <laughs> um, there you go. And uh, we both watched it today, right? We're fresh off of mm-hmm. it. Yep. Let's start with friend of the show Quentin Parker's thoughts on this movie because I don't want to start again. <laughs> yeah, well, he uh, he made it a point that he said when I got on this microphone, he wanted his uh, opinion heard wide. Uh, he really he really dug this movie. After the credits started rolling, I, I believe verbatim he said Dark Horse Movie of the Year. Uh, <laughs> Is he the guy on our Twitter? Is he on our YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But he was he was really digging it. He was really loving it. Uh, he liked the direction it was going. Um, I, I personally, I'm kind of falling more in the middle here. I think, you know, I think there's stuff in this movie to enjoy, uh, but it's not it's not falling flat necessarily. I, I, yeah, I feel I'm almost down the middle of it. You know, there's things I didn't like, there's things I did like, which kind of unfortunately makes it a mediocre movie in mm-hmm. my mind. And um, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but they definitely I don't know whether it was James Cameron's idea or Robert Rodriguez's idea or the studio's idea, but they definitely pitched this story as something that they want to continue into more films. And I, I don't know if this movie is going to get it. I think I, I sent uh, our group chat a text message here, and the the top stories on Box Office Mojo was Fox's Alita leads the worst President's Day weekend in 15 years. Which is really unfortunate because you do a lot in this movie that, you know, ultimately doesn't pay off. 
until you probably get a second movie. And I don't think we're going to get a second movie based on these box office returns unless, I don't know, unless James Cameron like opens up his wallet and uh, kind of uh, cracks into the Avatar money if he really wants another Alita movie. But uh, this is a very cyborg heavy movie. There's lots of cool cyborg visuals going on here. But um, there's a, I think there's a like a screenwriting term out there called the idiot ball where a character just holds this proverbial ball that just kind of makes them stupid just so you can kind of move the plot along or explain something to the audience or at least have some sort of conflict. And there, there's a, a major character in this movie that just for the first half of the movie is just carrying this idiot ball everywhere they go. Not to be confused with the, the actual ball in the... There is one of those several in the, times. In the, in the sports arena game. What's it called? Rollerball? Or Roller is ball. that what they call it? Or death so. ball? So, but the proverbial stupid ball or idiot ball. So that was a little unfortunate. Uh, but there's, there's, some, there's some fun stuff here, but it never really coalesced to anything that I thought was amazing. But obviously, I'm just one person. Uh, the uh, the uh, the buddy, uh, friend of the show, uh, Quentin. He uh, he was really digging it. Well, funny story enough, I've got friend of the show Marshall Myers sent me a review, saying it's not too bad, but it's frustrating because the entire movie is just to set up a franchise. Yeah, Which echoes I agree. your sentence, <laughs> sentiments. Uh, and the cyborgs and action sequences are great, as well as hey, the fight there scenes. you go. So, it, yeah. <laughs> however, I think this is better than Lego Movie Two. In my book, oh, like, okay. I'm gonna drop, okay. I'm gonna drop that here. Uh, it's a little apples and oranges, but if you're speaking entertainment, entertainment. I was way more enthralled with this movie and its action scenes than any of the Lego action scenes by mm-hmm. far, uh, and I was less confused by the end of this one. Um, <laughs> but I will say this is a hollow film. Um, I, I there's not like it doesn't have any substance to it by the end of it, um, mm-hmm. and you know we'll we'll talk, definitely talk spoilers tomorrow. But like I. I, w- I was left wanting more and, and like, yeah, but, but like, I didn't like care at the end of it. Yeah. Too. Like there's like a, a double edged sword there, so to speak. Yeah. Like I think I would, I, I could easily say I would go see another Alita film, just hoping with the fact that all of the groundwork had already been laid and we can kind of just get to the good stuff. Um, but they, they do some, you know, some red herrings in this film that, you know, turn out to be very obvious. And so it yeah. feels like they're trying to lead the audience down a path that, you know, we already know what's going to happen. So just get it out of the way. And felt like this movie ended three times. I was like, okay, credits are about to roll, right? Nope. Okay. Nope. We're still going. Oh, this movie's still going. It's like, oh, okay. No, they're still going. Oh, are they actually going to get to this thing? They've talked about the whole movie. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more in depth yeah. on the spoiler cast, but I, I would uh, just say, if you're going to go watch a movie, I'd watch this one over Lego movie too, though. If I had to pick one of the two, I, that, I, will, I know it's apples I will, oranges, but still, I will give the visual effects teams props for giving a totally like CG composite face very believable very believable throughout the whole film like i never i was never hung up on the idea that alita had like these bigger kind of anime eyes and she looked different than everybody else around her like i thought like i believed her performance as like a character on screen so uh i mean that worked really well so who's ever idea to really set in place that no she's gonna look a little different i i thought it worked so uh uh props to the courage there yeah, definitely. So uh, th- there's your movies. Like so we're going to go in full details tomorrow, so if you've seen them, you can join us for that. And if you don't want to watch them and want to know our thoughts, we will build them up or break them down tomorrow, such, yeah, such as any Lego set would do. <laughs> However, let's jump into the news. And I put this at the top of the news because we want to get out of the way first, Mike. We don't want to wait mm-hmm. and drag this to the end because then we'll be like, bleh, this sucks. Uh, the Dark Phoenix trailer, number three, I didn't even know we had two other ones yet, uh, <laughs> has been classified in this Rumored to be released February 28th. Uh, All right. This is thought to be the last X-Men property under Fox, um, mm-hmm. even though New Mutants is still coming out, but that could go to Hulu or a streaming service, and I'd still probably be okay with that. Um, that would be that would be crazy. I never thought about that. That you know, if uh, if Netflix is just picking up these movies, yeah, maybe Hulu will just pick it up, and they'll finally get their big blockbuster exclusive and say, wag their finger at Netflix and say, hey, we can do it too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, and we're going to talk more about Hulu later, but uh, Hulu will be owned, I think, majorly by Disney by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So they're still making money off of it rather than just yeah. But But in front of Alita, we got to see the most recent Dark Phoenix trailer. And really? I, I have not seen one in forever. 
through throughout watching it, like I just kept going back to the idea. I don't know if it was original to your brain or if you read it somewhere else, but I love the idea at the end of the of this film that Professor X just kills everybody and it just dovetails <laughs> right into Logan. I don't know if that's gonna work, but I do like the idea of like if this is gonna be like your last X Men movie, just like go crazy, just do something weird and bizarre that at least gonna leave people talking. Like I could totally just sing this movie being like just formulaic and ending on a slightly hopeful tone with no after credit scene because it doesn't make any sense well, but well, so my after credit scene I like I did come up with the idea however the one I like the most is the end of this movie is the beginning of X-Men 1 mm-hmm. and that they've be- be created this big loop in this universe and it's all just cycled together that way they don't have to worry about wrapping it up or closing it out or anything like that mm-hmm. I know like, you can't work that way if, if the Dark Phoenix is happening now and not 20 years like I don't know but if the first of this is Hugh Jackman in a um, or picking up Rogue, um, that whole scene, be, I'd, I'd love that. That would be a great way to be like. It's- you know, if if you want like a really cool mutant X, not really X Men story, but a Wolverine story. I think I've been wanting to talk about this or at least recommend it on the show since I finally finished it. But Wolverine: The Long Night which is uh, an podcast, original Marvel yeah. podcast uh, that tells a, a story from two detectives' point of view, trying to hunt down Logan, trying to figure out the story of this mysterious town up in Alaska. But that was actually really fun, a really cool kind of true crime story, like mixing in mutants and stuff like that. And it's also a really good primer to get your brain ready for a different person portraying Logan, portraying Wolverine. Um, because you, you just get a different voice connected to the character. I know you're not getting the visual there, but it just primes you with the idea of, okay, Hugh Jackman isn't just Wolverine. Anybody can be Wolverine, you know, if they got the grittiness and at least the voice talent that they got for Wolverine in that podcast was really, really good and it was a really fun story. And I believe they're doing a second season of that too and I'm really looking forward to that. So if you want like a really nice just like mutant story and you're just, you know, you're not really digging Dark Phoenix coming out this year, go listen to Wolverine The Long Night. It was premium content on Stitcher that was Walled off by a paywall, but now it's totally free on like you know iTunes or any other uh, portal. So uh, go go check that out. I highly recommend it. All right, yeah, I, I probably need to listen to that if I yeah. catch up on all my other shows. I'll definitely throw it on there for sure. If you if you have a, a late enough commute, uh, this might have been uh, this may have applied more like when uh, the time change was more fresh. But I listened to all of these episodes on my drive home from the office when it was like dark outside, so it kind of fit the theme of it, and it was really cool. I loved it. So that's that's my recommendation. That is a great suggestion. If yeah, now I need to wait till fall to winter to listen to it. Mike, thank you for that. <laughs> No, it's all right. So, uh, X Men's out of the way. Great. Next up on the TV block is Agents of Shield. We have a uh-huh. confirmed release window of May in this this year, and we thought it was going to be July. I think I think everyone thought July this year. Now it's May. They moved it up. Season six. We just we're going to get uh, in game. They go right in the shield, which is really awesome. Hey, that's fun. I mean, that's kind of what they were waiting for. You, I'm sure this whole season was planned on the concept that the Avengers have fixed the world. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, like the, none of this will be affected by any of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it come back. Let's see what they do. You know, Coulson's gone, but he's not gone. I mean, his whole character is is the idea that the man that just that died and then he just can't. So, we'll see where that goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're on season six of Shield, like. I don't. It's a show that won't die, so uh, maybe this will be the last season. Well, no, we'll no, they, they've already announced. They've know. already announced season seven. Like, where was I when that happened? You've probably pushed to the back of your head. Season, <laughs> season six and seven are both confirmed. Seven will probably be the last one. <laughs> <laughs> but these are short 13 episode seasons. So, you know, Oh, that's right. I think when this came back up, I just kind of compressed it in my brain as one full se- they're filming one full season and calling it two mm-hmm. pretty much. So, I, how will season 6 go? I don't know, but we got two more and uh Phil Coulson's going to be at C2E2 this year, Clark Gregg. So, maybe yeah, I yeah, go awesome. rub elbows with him. Be like, hey, tell me about mm-hmm. Shield. Why are you not dead again? <laughs> um, but 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 anyway, it's coming up the Loki show has got a showrunner uh, with Michael Waldron, who I believe is a writer for Rick and Morty. Um, hey, good job for that crew over there. And uh, according to Variety, a this is um, one of their higher-end sources here, it says, The show will follow Loki as the trickster and shapeshifter pops up throughout human history as unlikely influencer on historical events. So maybe oh, we oh, won't oh. see Kid Loki as much as we thought we would. Or if we do, he'll be back in you know different time periods rather than right now. 
Oh, maybe. I mean, this is a this is a, a good uh, good from the aspect of people that work over at Rick and Morty for the kind of credibility of their show. I think I saw something else in kind of uh, the tabloids that another writer um, just got like a show like picked up by ABC. Uh, so I think they got a lot of talent coming out of that show. So yeah, I think we can trust uh, something coming from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is. Um going to be an interesting, I mean, show. I mean, I'm definitely on board with this. I think this is the third show that has a showrunner now, or a writer. I think Loki, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, and I think Vision and Scarlet Witch are the three. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's pretty cool. But I think the biggest news this week, Mike, saving it here for the middle of the show, is Hulu has announced five animated series from the most obscure Marvel characters <laughs> you will find. Yeah, this is a uh, this was great because uh, I saw this pop up in my Twitter feed earlier in the week, and I let you know, but I I dropped the the whole aspect that these were going to be animated shows, and you're just like, this is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait a minute, it's animated. And you're like, oh this makes more sense. Yeah, because Mike's like, oh yeah, they're picking up these five shows, uh, they're like they're picking up Howard the Duck on on, on Hulu. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Like, what did I miss? Like, is it April first already? Um, but so the characters, uh, the shows in question are Modoc, which is the mental organism designed only for killing Howard the mm-hmm. Duck, Hit Monkey, uh, which is a, as it sounds, a Hitman monkey, and the Dazzler and Ty- Tigra, Tigra show, every single mm-hmm. And they will all coalesce into a show called The Offenders. <laughs> Which is the plan Which is the Defenders. So. Yeah, I, I love that. I, there's a lot of, if you go through like the details of the article, there's a lot of individual talent attached to each one of these shows. Uh, I mean, we can obviously talk about some of the standouts that people will know, but even some of these smaller shows are being uh, helmed by like showrunners and creators that have worked on shows that I've really liked. I think I saw, um, I think I saw some people that worked on Community that are going to be working on one of these shows, which uh, Community is where um, the Russo brothers came out of really. Uh, we got Patton Oswald, who's going to be uh, voicing Modoc, which is a big get because Patton Oswald he is a he's a he's a nerd king in his own right. And then also one of my uh, favorite filmmakers, uh, Kevin Smith, he's going to be writing and I believe also producing the Howard the Duck show. So I think that's pretty rad. So it sounds like these are all going to be very mature. Which is great. Yeah. I love me some mature adult animation. And the fact that it's all kind of being developed at once and it's going to coalesce into a, <laughs> the offenders, I think this is great. This is right in my wheelhouse, man. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, animated, like we've always said, animated budgets, a lot of them do anything on, they want on the same budget. Uh, so we're not, you know, constricted by live action or bad CGI at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And judging by, you know, we have a, the first official image released they all have different art styles which is interesting Mm -hmm. to me so how are these different art styles going to coalesce into the offenders is is my biggest question at the end of the day um but uh for for those people who don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna go through these characters just a little bit mike just to let people know who they are because uh, unlike us super nerds some people may not know who they are so the first one uh out of the gate is modok uh, it's an egomaniacal supervillain with a really big head and a really little body uh, who mm-hmm. struggles to maintain control of the evil organization who in the comics is normally AIM and his demanding family. So uh, in some of them, the comics, I think there's like baby Modocs and like a wife Modoc around there. So this may be kind of delving into that. But this is the one that Pat Oswalt says he'll produce and I can totally hear his voice as Modoc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. looking at it. Um, and I think he showed up in several. Was he Earth's Mightiest Hero? Some other Marvel cartoons. So I wouldn't be surprised. When you see him, you will know who it is. Like he is just mm-hmm. a big floating head with arms and legs, and he looks mm-hmm. cranky all the time. <laughs> the second show is Hit Monkey, which I think is a very obscure concept, but like this this could be really fun. So it's a wronged Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin. He cuts a wide swath through the Tokyo underworld in a darkly cinematic and brutally funny revenge saga. And this is written by Josh Gordon and Will Speck, who are uh, known for Blades of Glory, if you watch that. So, like, that's probably uh-huh. their biggest movie, because I'm not going to give them... They did some... Do you remember the show Cavemen? Based on the Geico Oh, God, Caveman? was that the... Oh, the Geico commercial, that's funny. They did, like, four of the episodes, so... Um, All right. 
Um, and did did you like Office Christmas Party? Was that you who enjoyed that movie? I I remember the trailers, but I never saw it. Someone said it was really funny, and they were they were hmm. directors and EPs on that as well. But uh, so this is good. that one's going to be really really weird. Uh, the Tigra and Dazzler show. Uh, are you familiar with either of these characters out the? Yeah, th- these uh, Dazzler sounds familiar, but I feel like I'm connecting Dazzler to maybe I think there's a isn't there a DC character named Dazzler? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I'm not I'm not familiar with these two. Well, to me, Tigra and Cheetah. Uh, from DC get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Dazzler, I think she is, um, can turn her voice into like light. Is She's like a mutant, I believe. Uh, she's mm-hmm. not our X-Men. She's a singer. So she's like, as she sings, she like puts on light shows and stuff like that. Like that's her whole power set. So like, A, we're getting an X-Men in a leading role here, Mike. That's like a big win. That's like a big thing. Like, oh, the Fox-Disney merger is finally coming together here. But this is about two woke superheroes and best friends Tiger and Dazzler as they fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles um, and this is with Chelsea Handler as an executive producer as well so uh, think of whatever you want of her at least you know you know, we've got some comedy chops in here uh, for these these all sound funny like they're funny shows Mike they're like none of these are overly serious yeah and lastly probably the one I'm most excited about here is Howard the Duck Trapped in a world he never made, but America's favorite fighting foul hopes to return home with the help of his unstoppable gal pal Beverly before the evil Dr. Bong can turn him into the crispiest dish on the menu. <laughs> with Ryder, Yeah, this one yeah, sounds right up the wheelhouse. <laughs> Dr. Bong got me looking sideways a little bit. But writers <laughs> Kevin Smith and Dave Willis. Now, you know you you helped point this out to me. Dave Willis is the voice of Meatwad and Carl, the writer, one of the writers and creators of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, one of my yeah. favorite cartoon show ever. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, in the DNA of you. I feel like this show was put together just for the two of us. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I like the art style. I hope Dave Willis does the voice of of Howard the Duck because he's a voice master. But um, I'm very excited to see where that where that come where where that comes together at. Mm-hmm. And lastly, they're they team up in The Offenders, which follows Modoc, Dazzler, Tiger, Hitmonkey, and Howard the Duck as they force up to team forced to team up in order to save the world in certain parts of the universe. So I don't know what that's gonna mean, but I think it's funny as hell. It's not the Defenders, it's the Offenders. I, I would hope since this is adult and since this is animated and really just a different reality from what you're seeing in the MCU, I would love it if they were allowed to use some characters that we actually know. Like, of course, like Captain America doesn't have to have like a plot line in any of these episodes of these shows, but it'd be great if at least he was just like in the background or they could at least reference him or something like that, you know. Uh, since it is all one big cohesive universe, it's just animated, you know. Don't worry too much about it. I would love to maybe see like, I don't know, somebody stumble into some Iron Man armor or something like that, but I would love to know that this is really connected to the Marvel Universe uh, since it's all under one umbrella now. I would like to see Deadpool show up in The Offenders, to be honest. Yeah, this gave me some hopes seeing that these adult shows were getting greenlit on Hulu. Like, where's that Deadpool show that we talked about a few months ago, you know? Yeah, so it's definitely opening the doors up to more, but they definitely picked um, five very, very very obscure characters. Despite Howard mm-hmm. like having a movie, people don't remember that very often. So, um, mm-hmm. this is great. This is great news all around. I think this is very exciting. I'm 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 excited to dive into these, and when they come out, I want to see some trailers, Mike. Uh, I think San Diego is going to give us our first preview at, at some of these Ooh, shows. So that'd be nice. Gonna knock on wood there. We're going to dive back into the MCU. Mike is all connected with Black Widow. Uh, they have tapped Ned Benson, who worked on the movie The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, to rewrite the script uh, from Jack Schaefer, who's now working on The Vision and Scarlet Witch. So probably why she's not doing the rewrites um, for this movie as well. All right. I have a little commentary because I have not seen The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, but uh, maybe he'll put in a Beatles reference. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so also, um, I think he was working on a couple other movies that were Scarlett Johansson, like... Uh, supposed to be like led led by her, so I think this is like maybe like she read some of his scripts and brought him on, like maybe suggested to bring him on board as well. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited to see. We're about. I we, this is movie still unannounced at the end of the day from Marvel, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be May for us next year, Mike. So they gotta start filming sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Star Wars news. What little bit we have here. Episode nine has wrapped principal photography with this celebratory image from J.J. Abrams. Um, kind of looks like a 
uh, not a flashback, but like from episode seven, really. If I was to yeah, be honest, yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if this is just like a classic photo, like a Throwback Thursday type deal. I mean, no, this is the photo from the last day of filming. Like this is this is them, but I mean, it looks like they're back on Jakku. Maybe Tatooine raising her Jakku clothes. I, I don't know what's going on here, but um, I, that means we're probably closer than farther away from getting the title. And there are several news stations going out to uh, Pinewood Studios in UK saying big Star Wars news is coming. And I'm pretty sure it's got to be the title, Mike. We are. Yeah, I would hope so. I saw, uh, I, I think I saw John Boyega on Instagram share this photo and he kind of uh, was kind of wrapping up his feelings of Star Wars in general saying it was a great time. You know, he's glad uh, that he was able to accomplish this and, you know, uh, it was a great like part of his life. And so it sounds like John Boyega is really saying Bon Voyage to Star Wars. So it seems like at least for his character, this is it for him in Star Wars, which I think we all kind of expected. This was like its own trilogy. But I I was always kind of wondering what they were going to do after this new trilogy and these new characters that they just set up because it's this legacy of Star Wars that's going to be moving forward for decades and decades and decades to, you know, to print that money. So I guess he is uh, finally done with Star Wars. We'll see if that sticks, you know? Yeah, I don't think it'll stick at all. I think it's like, <laughs> hey, we need you back for 10. I'm like, all right. They got Harrison Ford back 40 years later. They can... Bring yeah, him and he's a grumpy, and he's a grumpy old man. <laughs> he is. He's crashing planes and getting ear piercings all over the place out there. Um, yeah, I, I think Star Wars. We get we, Star Wars celebrations in like the first of April. Um, so we need a title sooner or later. Maybe maybe a little teaser for Mike. Mike needs that tease right now. Yes, I got I, tease me, Chris. He is back in Star Wars mode, full Star Wars mode. Uh, an obscure team up slash battle movie coming out from DC is Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Every <laughs> 80s and 90 kids dream right here to see them mm-hmm. all together. And we have our first one of our first images here of Batman, Batgirl, Robin and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently some doing some interdimensional time travel like portal shenanigans. We all come together so um it's a definitely a unique art style for every version of these characters not saying everything you're looking at here is different but the current run of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on uh, Nickelodeon uh, they look totally different Uh, this Batman looks totally different than any other animated Batman that I've seen the Batgirl looks relatively similar to the Batgirl that's kind of in the comics right now with the purple kind of uh, almost like not leather get up, but you know, less kind of spandex look. Did you see the Batgirl short before Teen Titans go to the movies at all? Did you get to see that one when you got home? No, there's a little no, short. She looks like that. So, what my theory is: what if each of these Bat people are from a different universe? If they're all universe interdimensional trap? Tra- oh, maybe. I mean, that's a very classic Batman emblem. Like that's that like, Batman sporting on his vest. What's his name? Um. Like the '60s Batman kind of look. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like more ripped, but like that's it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but like the turtles, all like very linear mouths. Like they're very just. I don't know. Like linear is a good way. Not really, but like they, they look less friendly. So it seems like this will go maybe more of the direction of DC animated movies of slightly more mature skews a little bit of an older audience and maybe less like twelve year olds. You know. Well, they've got a hit that teenage market mike that's in the title well hey come on 12 year olds aren't but donatello true. looks stupid i'm gonna i'm gonna can you agree donatello <laughs> looks as stupid as in this yeah it, it, it may just be a bad uh, a bad still possibly but i'll use this as a moment to shout out the new teenage mutant ninja turtle show the rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles on nickelodeon uh if you have a chance to even catch one episode it has some of the best animated action sequences I have ever seen. Like, I mean, it's obviously a kid show, so it's not like anybody's getting eviscerated by any blades or anything like that, but there is some amazing work going on with that show. The way they're directing the camera, the stylized, like, high-paced, frenetic action, all for just, like, these, uh, I believe the episodes are just kind of, uh, like, 12, 15 minute pop episodes, but man, they're really, they're, they're really going off on all cylinders on that new show. So if, yeah, if you scroll by it on your TiVo or whatever, if you have on demand, uh, I, it's not streaming anywhere. I wish it was, or I'd catch up with all of it, but, uh, there's some cool, cool stuff going on in turtle town right now, Chris. There's a lot. It's a teenage mutant ninja res, res, renaissance or something like that. I don't know what we're <laughs> All right. Anyway, onto the suicide squad, the, the James Gunn written, uh, directed, 
vehicle. There's been some back and forth this week of who was going to become back, who's not. Margot Robbie is respect is expected to return as Harley Quinn in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're kind of leaning on her for a lot of these mills. But all other Joker and Harley movies, the Jarlito ones, have been removed from their DC dartboard. So um, I'm not surprised there. Uh, I mean, I saw news I think earlier this week that said she wasn't going to be returning, yeah. which I was like, well, that's going to be weird because who are you going to have left? Uh, Will Smith is uh, he's a little busy being the genie and doing YouTube rewinds, so I don't know if maybe he's going to come around back to the Suicide Squad or not. Or if he is, I don't think you should rely just on Deadshot for your next film. So Ugh. Harley seems like she's going to be the anchor. Yeah, she could be. Or, or probably, I mean, not. I mean, again, if it's James Gunn doing a soft reboot and they've been Affleck's already, you know, ju- jumped out overboard, they could scrap that whole movie and be like, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, and, and not really <laughs> affect anything. I mean, yeah. it was bad. It was all around bad. I could, I could Agreed. forget that. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, a mediocre movie that came out a little above mediocre uh, last year. The sequel is officially in works. Not the Trench spinoff, but the sequel <laughs> with David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick who wrote Aquaman <laughs> to write the script. So It feels like every other week there's a bullet point that says, hey, the Aquaman movie's going. It's like, yeah, I thought we uh, talked about this already, but I guess it's just finally confirmed with a writer. Yeah, see, well, they never said another one wasn't... They never said the sequel was confirmed or anything like that. Like, there were theories. If you made over a billion dollars, yeah, you're going to make a sequel. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. it's news to us, but they they brought back the, the writer from... One of the writers from the first one to write it. So, I mean, at least it'll be consistent. Around, all around, <laughs> I don't know, um, for that. Now we're going to hit a new review segment of the show, Mike. This is our second mm-hmm. review segment. There are two TV shows that ju- dropped on the same day that feel very similar <laughs> at, at the end of the day, and, and we'll, we'll tell you why. But the first one is probably, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, the Umbrella Academy dropped on Netflix. Uh, the full season, 10 episodes on Friday. I was able to watch episode one today, and I... This show is fantastic already, and I'm only one episode in. So, well, yeah, I was able to get just a little bit further. We were on episode two, but we got cut off about 15 minutes from the end. So we are really getting, we are really getting into it. It feels a little. It's nice, kind of seeing a more like a high budget superhero TV show, something that has a little bit more. Uh, thought and patience put into it and I'm really digging the characters I totally forgot that um, the one guy from Misfits is in uh, this show I think we probably reported on it like at some point last year and I just totally forgot about it but if you're unfamiliar with Misfits um, uh, out there it was um, it was a show that I don't know if it was a BBC show or like a Sky show but it came from across the pond yeah. about like a group of like teenagers that had superpowers I don't believe it was based on any property it was totally original and the first two seasons were really really good and um, after the second season uh, one of the most popular characters left the show I don't exactly remember why and then the show continued and it kind of dropped off but that guy has returned to play one of the uh, one of the Umbrella Academy Academy uh, children in this show. I, I forgot his name. It doesn't start with a Z or something. Or which, which, which like, one? Is, uh, which one is he? <laughs> yeah. The drug, the drug addict. Oh, guy. the seance. Yeah, what's his name though? He has what's a, he has like a, a weird name. They all have weird names actually. Uh, uh, Klaus. Klaus, that's what it was. Uh, he reminded me of Santa Claus when I saw it. Uh, <laughs> Claus, yeah, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, Claus, Klaus. But uh, yeah, so he's great. His actually his character in the show is not too far from the wacky character that he was in Misfit. So I'm really loving seeing him again. I love that guy. I love his performance. Um, uh, I jumped into episode two, so I get get to see the the plot, you know, drive on a little bit more. But I like I was watching this show and I was like, I really like where this is going. And then I was like, oh yeah, I want to go watch a little bit of Doom Patrol since it came out the same weekend. But you know, I'm familiar with Doom Patrol. I know this. I know where it comes from. It's rooted from all of the other Berlanti, CW superhero shows, which are great in their own right. But I would say they're almost on a different level. They're on different classifications, different budgets for different services. So I didn't want to go from something like quite as premium as Umbrella Academy and then dovetail right into Doom Patrol. Uh, even though a longer exclusive trailer came out for Doom Patrol, I believe earlier this week, and I watched it and it looked great. Like this looks like a really fun, wacky, different show with a slightly different tone from everything else I see coming out of the CW. But, you know, I was like, I can't transition from Umbrella Academy right into Doom Patrol, but it sounds like you did. Yeah, I did. So I went through and watched the pilots of both and, um, my wife got the last 15 minutes of the first episode because she was out running around and I was just trying to watch mm-hmm. it so we could talk about it. 
and she was hooked with the last 15 minutes. So I'm very excited to finish this, this uh, show off. Of, of which one? Uh, Umbrella Academy. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I will tell you, I'm very impressed with uh, the character Pogo in this, the, the monkey. Uh, oh yeah that's some good special effects right great special effects because doom patrol does not have that special effects budget and i will tell you that right now (laughs) um this first episode is actually very very it is a whole different show there's a narrator um and and i'll tell you the um we've talked about this the the mr nobody i believe it is Mm -hmm. um alan tudyk a very good special effects on him but the rest of it is not very good for special (laughs) effects at the end of it there's Uh like a a plane flying later and you're like oh god that hurts that hurts so bad Uh but um it's a little slower you're introduced to all the characters except um I'll tell you right now, you're not going to see Cyborg in the first episode, so All right. don't don't get your hopes up for that. Because I was like, I want, that's the one I wanted to see the most, the adaptation mm-hmm. of him. But it's good, but it's not as I don't know. The qualities is not there like the Umbrella Academy it, is. It, it's just on it's just on a different level. Like Netflix, I feel like has a lot more on the line. They're literally about to lose all of their premium Marvel and Disney content. They need their superhero stuff. They're not going to have the Incredibles to lean on anymore. They're not going to have all of these other shows that are going to continue. So they need their own original stuff pushing forward. So I think with the Umbrella Academy, they're like, yeah, we're going to give you the change that you need to render that monkey in high quality. And uh, both my wife and I agree. There's a character in the Umbrella Academy called Luther. He's this big hulking dude. Mm-hmm. He, all of his muscles right now are being hidden under like these really big jackets. But I still like the way he looks. But I'm hoping eventually we get to see him take these jackets and sweaters off. And I want to see his gigantic, massive hulking body. And I hope that they really put the time and effort and love into the special effects on well, it. Because I really want to see him crush some stuff. Have you, know? you Have you read the book? Uh, no, I have not. Then you're in for a uh, hell of a ride. So um, great <laughs> because the book is. I'll say the book is way different than this already. Already mm-hmm. the book is different. Um, but I really like the Umbrella Academy book. So uh, that was a great primer, a little little primer into this. But this is way different already. Like they're not beat for beat. All the characters have so much nuance in the Umbrella <laughs> Academy. Just after one episode, like everybody's different. I would say from a pilot point of view, it's a very good pilot. You really get to know what all of these characters are about just within that first episode. You're just on board. Like even there's some characters that don't show up until like literally the very end of the episode and you already like know everything about them. So just from like a, a filmmaking and just a, a craft point of view, this is just really firing on all cylinders. And I, uh, I hope this really continues until the end of the season. I enjoy the music choices in the Umbrella Academy. And because this oh, is written, yeah. those are created and written by Gerard way of my chemical romance. Like, the music is a huge part of this. Like mm-hmm. in the middle of it, like it's in the trailer. They're playing. I think we're alone now, and they do that shot with the whole house. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. The there's a diner scene playing the Istan, uh, Istanbul Constantinople song during the whole mm-hmm. thing. The action's just all like it's just so much better than the. It's nothing against the Doom Patrol by any means, but if you had to choose between yeah. the two. Umbrella Academy is what I would tell you to choose. However, Doom Patrol only has one episode out. You have to wait weekly for this now. So I'm like, uh, I can just cram all this Umbrella Academy in and get that out of the way. One of, one of my favorite things that television shows do is they, they'll they take the time to develop a character that might not necessarily be a feature character or somebody that's going to be around for a while. In episode two uh, of El- Umbrella, Macad- Umbrella Academy, they introduce like two kind of new characters that are hunting down another character, and they just kind of take the time to really unfold them. You get to know what they're about. You know, They really kind of like uh, uh, let you <laughs> dive into their psyche before you really kind of uh, see what they're all about. So yeah, that's the one thing that's great about television is where you, when you really get to develop the whole world, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually one thing that I thought about when I was watching Alita. Like they were they were kind to get a whole lot across to you in this one movie, and I was like, man, if this was like a premium HBO series, if they could get somebody to buy in on that, I feel like they could have told a lot more concise um, um, story arc there. But yeah. I love it when television shows are really popping off. So, yeah, go watch Umbrella Academy. It's great. Yeah. So far. The, so far. the, the parallel between these two, the, uh, Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol, is there's a, a family, a, a quote-unquote family of misfits with different abilities all in mm-hmm. the house with an older patriarchal figure who's, like, using them to his own advantage and not telling them the whole truth. And they both have that in common. So if you really like that, you know, stereotypical writing 
trope. You're going to love both of these shows at the end of the day. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Brandon Frazier is probably one of the highlight actors in Doom Patrol. Uh, haven't seen him in a minute, and you know, age, he didn't age as nicely as most other actors do, but he is great even in just a voice in as Robot Man yeah. in, in he, Doom Patrol. Uh, I don't remember what show it was, but he was kind of a, a featured star in a few, in a few episode run of um, a drama that I can't recall. I think it was a premium show. I don't know exactly what it was, but I heard people saying he was doing a great job of developing that character. So he's uh, Brendan Fraser. He's just a treat. If you want to know where he's been for all of these years in Hollywood, GQ did a really really great deep dive article where they interviewed him he like he like lives on like this kind of like ranch house in the middle of nowhere he's got this big property he's got dogs and kids and stuff so uh he, he's he's been through a lot in hollywood so uh yeah give uh, give brendan your support i'll i will get around to doom patrol for sure because that trailer looked really sick yeah at least watch the first episode and you don't have to watch the back we talked about mike this before the show you do not have to watch the titans back to our pilot to get this they give you everything from the beginning here and cool. they don't even reference uh titans at all so unless it's later but not not that i've seen whatsoever um there is a, a, a scene with a goat in this one mike and i want to get your <laughs> thoughts on it when you watch it so if you do uh, okay <laughs> please let me know about the goat you will know good, exactly good. when you see it <laughs> all right i will i will keep an eye out for the goat thank you <laughs> the Alien franchise apparently has two television series in works. Wow. Um, they're all set in this universe, but they may be telling different gaps of time in the Alien, like the lore of this, a lot like mm-hmm. Fargo does. Like season one's different, like filling in gaps in the Fargo world without actually like just telling the movie across like eight seasons. So mm-hmm. um, will we see any Aliens? Probably not, but if you like the Alien universe, this might be up your alley. That could be really fun, and this also kind of connects to uh, news that we decided to axe from the show last week, where somebody just like kind of accosted James Cameron on a red <laughs> carpet somewhere, and they were just like, hey, Alien, what's happening with Alien? And uh, I think he just kind of said something along the lines of like, yes, it's what happening. was it? <laughs> yes, like, so I guess a, a television it might be happening. I would love to see um, Neil Blomkamp come back to the Alien franchise, but I don't think that's going to happen, because I think that man has been burned one too many times by Hollywood, and he's just going to stick with his oat studio well he uh, just did the uh live action trailer slash movie for an- the anthem game that just yeah came out I, Thursday. I i i saw that he did that i should uh go track that down and watch it because he did the one for halo 3 as well and they all look mm-hmm. the same and kind of feel the same so if you've got a niche stick with it man that's for sure <laughs> i still have not watched bumblebee yet mike but apparently they are using bumblebee as a soft reboot for the transformers franchise now because of its positive reception and how everyone actually liked this movie for once compared to all the other yeah, ones. Yeah, because it almost wasn't even about the Transformers. It was about the about the the young lady who ends up uh, buying Bumblebee. So I guess she owns a Transformer now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if a uh, uh, possession. What did they say? Possessions nine tenths of the law. I don't know if she owns that robot. But yeah, because it was a fun movie because it was about her and the struggles of her uh, growing up and uh, experiencing loss and having a, a friend Bumblebee there to really uh, uh, comfort her, comfort her through her, um, you know, her. Um, what do they call that? Grief. Oh yeah, her grief, grief, if you grief. will. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I. I mean, and also, if you go back to the very first Transformers movie, I mean, say what you will about Shia LaBeouf, I really liked him in the first Transformers movie, and it really was kind of about him, that character, how it was going through her eyes, so it seems like the further these movies get away from the humans, the less you like it, so I tell you, hopefully they, they learn their lesson about it. I tell you, all I want to see in the Transformers movies is transforming vehicles. Like, <laughs> they stopped doing the transforming in the later movies, they just do a cutaway, and then he'd be a car, or then a robot, and... I'm like I'm not watching Transformers to not see them transform, Mike. Like this is just feels like half like you're getting ripped off the whole way through. So <laughs> I feel I feel like that's a thing. But uh but yeah, so hopefully, you know, we get to see some more maybe some G one Transformers. I think Transformers in is in like a little renaissance like the uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is. I think Netflix announced a war for Cybertron or something like that T V show coming out this week as well, like an animated show coming oh, out. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, so I know Chris, I can't believe we missed the biggest bullet point of the week. You better not uh, say Nickel- what 
Nickelodeon just greenlit a Paddington show. So that is the biggest news of the week for me. I love that bear. (laughs) I have no idea what what direction they're going to take. I I really sincerely hope they're not going for like a preschool age show. I want something that maybe is going to be in like maybe the the SpongeBob type audience. Have you not watch it? Have you not seen the original Paddington cartoon? Uh, not the original cartoon. No, I hope it's not. It, I, it's, I'm assuming that's for little babies. It's it's really not too bad, actually. I, well, it might be. I remember watching it when I was a very very young child. Um, and I'm trying to figure out where the movie section are from it because television adaptions. Maybe there was like four television adaptions. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I thought you were going to say Frozen Two trailer, and I'm like, I, I purposely didn't put that in here, Mike, because I was about to flip this over. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the Frozen? You know, I, I just want to rant about that a little bit. Oh, I actually, <laughs> I, I I actually enjoyed the first Frozen movie. I really liked the songs, just like I ha- like songs in a lot of modern Disney movies. I love the songs in Moana. Every once in a while, they'll get stuck in my head, and I'll open up Spotify and I'll listen to the soundtracks uh, on my drive on the freeway out here. So I I enjoyed the first Frozen movie. I've only ever seen it once, but I've listened to the soundtrack many times, so I feel like I've, I've experienced kind of the story visually in my head as I'm in my car, but I'm lucky enough to where I don't have, like, a little sister or, like, nieces and nephews where I had to sit through the movie a thousand times, so I know a lot of people hate it for the repetitiveness of how often they were inundated with it, but I just thought it was funny when the trailer dropped. It has, like, this totally different tone to it. It seems to be more serious. The animation is really cool, and suddenly people are just like, oh, yeah, I'm excited for this Frozen movie is like, no, you're not. Y'all hated it not long ago, and now you're coming back around to it because you love to suck, suckle the teat of Disney. So I Jesus. will be watching. <laughs> I will be watching Frozen Two because it looks really cool. Look, it looks really fun, and I like Olaf. I like that stupid little snowman. Josh Gad is funny. He can sing all he wants. Leave me alone, people. You can have it. I I, <laughs> I really don't like the first one. I've been to Disney enough times to still not like this that damn movie <laughs> or the music. But I'm impressed that they're not just doing the same thing again uh, with this one. It actually has color in it, I think, was the impressive part with, like, the fall look in the first yeah, trailer. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what they're doing at yeah. all, which is uh, kind of fun and exciting. But um, I hope we just get some nice, catchy songs. It, Man, Disney songs are fun. Did you hear the music? And now it sounds like it's, like, close enough to Frozen, but way different than, than the original music, the music <laughs> in that. I was like... you know. I, I know we're wrapping up the show here, but since we're on the Disney kick real quick, I, I don't I don't think I found out from you yet. How do you feel about uh, Will Smith's emergence as the genie, the first look? I know the internet kind of went caught on fire when that happened. Um, uh, is, uh, is a popular phrase of me, Mike. I'm just not offended because this <laughs> is one of those things where um, – have you ever watched the Family Guy Star Wars episodes? Yes. One of them is like uh, – R2-D2 is voiced by um, uh, Cleveland, and he's like, we gotta go watch my niece's violin recital, and Peter's uh-huh. trying to convince him to leave. He's like, you just gotta come to terms with it, man. We're staying here. Like, make <laughs> your peace. And at the end of the day, I'm like, yep, we're, we're making our peace with this. What I thought was funny is how fast Disney released an official steal, still with like finished CGI graphics later, like, right <laughs> after it. I'm like, they're either not done and like pushing into overtime, or like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but Overall, I'm I'm excited for some of the larger scenes in the movie from that that look, but yeah, the genie doesn't offend me at the end of the day. Yeah, it didn't bother me too much either. So I'm glad you're kind of even kilter like I am. I just wish people could kind of just use their imagination and go. This isn't the only form the genie's going to take. Like you've seen the animated movie, obviously, people. Like he <laughs> shape shifts. He turns into different things there's magic going on so people just don't seem to have like the the forethought to kind of uh look forward and um i, I was really getting a kick out of the the photoshops people were oh, doing yeah, I, love, like, the, I love the memes the memes are great yeah they're just like like doesn't this look better when you photoshop out his nipples and everyone's like yeah actually that does look better why does he look better without nipples which i thought was really weird um and i saw somebody like photoshop his chin to kind of look more bulbousy um, to kind of look a little bit more reminiscent of kind of like a, a fatter-faced genie, which looked kind of interesting. But then I just had flashbacks to when people were photoshopping the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I have a soft spot in my heart for, and which I thought people were being too picky about that. So I don't know. People are just picky, man. My favorite ones so far are the ones where they either do um, the uh, Bluth, the the Arrested Development, oh, where he, he, yeah, the I, Blue Man Group, or the... Uh, uh-huh. 
the uh, Mr. Meeseeks from Rick and Morty as well. Oh, I I haven't seen that one. I saw someone where they photoshopped him pink and turned him into Majin Buu from DBZ. Yeah, I was Trump gonna say Marty. the other one was Dragon Ball Z versus <laughs> Pink. Yep, that's that's the last one. So we're all on the same page here. So all right, I'm glad we were able to touch on the genie. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the stage play, and the stage play is way different, and he's in human form uh-huh. the whole time, and that totally did not take me out of it. Like, yeah, I, and I bet he's got nipples there too. You've got a soft spot for Robin Williams. We get it, but the live action mm-hmm. one's gonna happen, and it's gonna happen without Robin Williams. So we just gotta. Come to terms with it and get past it, and then we'll all forget yeah. about it. And it's like you know you're going to go see it. You know you're complaining about it, but you're going to pony up a ticket, and you're going to go watch it anyway. And so. you're going to sing about Prince Ali Ababa. Like, you got to just do it because that's what they're going to mm-hmm. do for you. They're going to march in on that parade and do it. So, uh, Anyway, Mike, let's wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> people right. want to know what you're doing about your uh, your uh, Disney rants where they can find you at. <laughs> Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see if you're trapped in a hole in your wall, where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. <clears throat> you can message me there as well, or you can head over to Instagram and hit me up at Valdan87. You can also have a comic UI. Again, in one month about, I will be headed to C2E2, Mike. I'm very excited All for right. this. I'm very, very excited. The The artist list came out today uh some of my favorites are going to be there very very thrilled to go if people want to know uh more about our thoughts on both alita battle angel and the lego movie 2 where can people find those at tomorrow well as always please visit superheroslate.com so you can find the best avenues to subscribe to our show if you're not yet and uh to get our awesome show notes so we talked about that uh kind of teaser image for Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or if you want to see that wrapped set photo from Star Wars we got those links in our show notes and we also got nice little uh summaries of these Hulu shows in paragraph form so you don't have to like hunt them down on some sort of like variety website that's going to have pop-up ads everywhere our our website is streamlined uh Uh, No ads, nothing going on over there, so uh, directly to your eyeballs. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We'll put it wherever you want it. If you're on a weird podcast app and you can't find us, let us know. We'll list it there for you. Uh, You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Uh, Like we mentioned before, uh, I love the dedication that our one fan had in the YouTube comments to put a stake in the ground that Alita was going to be the the best movie of the year. I, I, so, I far suppose right. they still, so far they're right. So far they're right. <laughs> so even a broken clock is right twice a day. So uh, we love hearing from you. So drop us a line on YouTube, Twitter, send us an email. We love hearing from you. And if you're a super fan of the show, if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be back tomorrow actually where we're going to talk about in-depth Alita and the Lego movie, a back-to-back head-to-head throwdown of two very unlikely movies and uh, we'll give you all of our uh, spoiler thoughts so you got 24 hours to go see those movies if you don't want to be spoiled but just subscribe to the feed if uh, you want to listen to it it'll be there for you tomorrow that's right happy presidents happy president's day if you're a president out there do you think like presidents of like companies and corporations like use president's day as like a like yeah i'm gonna go celebrate i'm a president i I was (laughs) really hoping so but i'm one of the few who have to work tomorrow and uh my president vice president are not in the office so i'm like well maybe they are but we're not celebrating. Uh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, good for them. Uh, anyway, well, we'll catch you guys tomorrow, and we'll see you then. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Great deals. Oh, uh, I will regale uh, with... Um...